Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBerry here, and we are back again. Lordy, lordy, this time is flying. It is the month of July in the year 2023, and I am joined by the whole cast of characters you know and love from our podcast on a little island in the middle of the Atlantic. Maybe not the middle, but just floating out there somewhere in the Atlantic. We've got BJ. Hi. From the state that feels that black people learned valuable self-improvement skills while being enslaved. We've got Eric. That's not my views, but <laughs> I live here. <laughs> Never said they were. It's just the state you live in. Can we put a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode that says <laughs> Eric so not endorse the state in which he lives. Some portions may be recorded in Florida. <laughs> oh my god, we should. Oh, wait a minute. If some do we have a thing like this whole Supreme Court thing where um, you know, the the was it the wedding person didn't have to do a gay wedding uh website? Can we put that for flame on if you have an issue with as a disclaimer? Yeah, if you have an issue with blah 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 blah, please do not listen to our episode. I mean, we should we should figure that out. I mean, it'll probably keep us from getting sued when they come for us just for existing, so <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Dear Lord. And then from the rainy state, not in its rainy season, I don't think, uh, we've got Brian. It is so sunny here, but it is so like mild that it is. This is the this is the time of year that Seattleites and, and in general, like Pacific Northwesterners love. It is beautiful. It is a little touch hot. Like I could be with it. I could I could handle a little hoodie weather again. But um, but yeah, it was. I was out on Mount Rainier yesterday. It was uh, spectacular. When you say a touch hot, what's the temperature? Uh, let's see. What are we at? And it is uh, ten o'clock in the morning as we're recording. It is still sixty-eight degrees. That is not too hot. But as soon as the like we have this marine layer kind of burning off, I bet you it gets up to like seventy-five, seventy-six. Oh no! It's it's ninety-one here right now. <laughs> <laughs> on the surface of the sun, known as Florida. Yeah. It's actually not terrible here. It's a, but I'm like right on the beach, so there's like a steady wind. But no, it's like it's like 92, like right now. And then once the sun starts to go down, I'll leave my hotel room. And it's our rainy season, so we have all the rain that you're missing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Up. That's one thing I do not miss, uh, aside from the politics and the uh, whitewashing of our history. Uh, I don't miss the rainy season and the heat in Florida this time of year. I was just there in Jacksonville this week, and oh my god, getting off that plane and and feeling it on the jet bridge, <laughs> and then you get into the garage from the for the, like the rental cars and stuff, and you're just like, no, no, I don't think I miss this either. This is horrible. 
movies. By yeah, now. that's. I will never get over the uh, that. There was one Facebook post years ago, and I'm sure you can find it, where it was a picture of the doors leading out of the baggage claim area at uh, Orlando International Airport, and it was like. If you live in Florida, you can feel this picture. Because <laughs> that wall of humidity when you leave the airport is so ingrained into like your core being that you just start sweating looking at that picture for sure. At least I know I do. Well, we're not here to discuss uh, the weather <laughs> again or uh, Florida's horrible uh, political takes, but... We are here to discuss the fact that Brian has a wig on the back of his chair and is not doing this episode while wearing it, and that's disappointing. Oh, really? Uh, you want to see Leona for the next one? Okay, we'll see what we can do. I mean, well, listen, it'll be like uh, it'll be like Ray Chaser, where all, all the episodes are done in full drag. Oh my god! <laughs> oh wait, did Tulita come back? Oh no! I mean, well. The wig just comes out for a certain work. That's a man, Maury. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's not a a Tulita wig, though, is it? I mean... Oh, I did wear this once. Yes. You look like tonight is the night that you will fall for me. So, I don't know. It's a little more emo. I feel like you're... Who is Garth Brooks' alter ego? Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting a little Chris Gaines vibe from that, actually. You mean emo Garth? I love emo Garth. Right. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love a little Chris Gaines in their life? <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm like yours is styled, so uh, I'm sure you would really want to be delicate with that. This wig has, I don't think, ever been styled, even when I wore it in drag. Oh, this is going to be horrible for my wig. Hold on. I know this is going to work. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of working. You should dye your beard the same color. I that's what I girl, have you not seen my drag ever? Oh wait, yeah, you did. Uh, like <laughs> once. Exactly I only saw it once. Like oh. a picture in passing and I was like Girl, follow my what? Instagram at Leona Theremin. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, see, I didn't know you had a third one. Jesus. <laughs> I have like five, I think, of this. You point. have like five Instagrams. I just have I just have the two. Mm, yes. I mean, technically, between this one, my Bears in the City one, the one I actually use, um, 8-Bit Heart, uh, Oso Delish Bakes, like, I, I just have a plethora of them, and I only use one, so follow as you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see how long it is before this hair gets in my eyes and starts uh, becoming a pain in the ass, so let's uh let's get into why we're actually here we're here to talk about the month in pop culture things we have seen listened to watched enjoyed in the world uh in the past month and uh we're gonna chat with you all and uh, tell you all why we loved it or in some cases maybe didn't love it i don't know i don't know what you guys feel about your topics but i know in the past we have uh done some hate watch discussions and uh, those topics are uh, always fun but i'm gonna go ahead and throw it over to bj to kick us off i think uh you have some of the most in-depth uh topic so why don't we kick it off with you 
Hi. So it's, as everybody knows, we are in the midst of yet another writer strike, and now all the actors are striking. So it's kind of like a, a it's kind of like an, a Jaws movie-esque warning, like hard times, they are on their way. So I suggest all of you listeners cover it and love and look for th- old things that you haven't watched yet or anything that is on the fence because projects are all getting delayed to, uh, unless it was, has already been slated for release. Um, projects are all getting delayed left and right. So it's, it's about, it's about to be, I can't remember what year it was. Uh, was it 2008? I can tell you it was cause uh, that was when Dr. Horrible came out. So let yep. me just, oh, uh, seven. That's when we lost seven, Pushing oh, Daisies. That's yep. oh, Pushing Daisies, God, that was the decline it. of heroes. Uh, we lost out on the actual, I think it was. It also contributed to the demise of Reaper. That was one of my favorite shows uh, that, mm-hmm. that lasted a year after the writer uh, strike and then promptly was dropped. Um, and it also led mm-hmm. to the rise of lots and lots of... Um, reality tv even on cartoon network had reality television shows around yeah it almost it almost ruined scrubs because scrubs got uh their seventh season got janked up because of the writer's strike and uh abc did not pick it back up and or no i'm sorry nbc didn't pick it back up and thankfully abc gave it another shot after afterwards and uh we got one of the best finale episodes in my opinion (laughs) but yeah from a from an Eric standpoint, that's how we got uh, the much maligned. I think it was Big Brother Nine, the winter season of uh, Big Brother. You're right, because yeah. they they had nothing to put on, so they did that. And that wasn't that the um, the the drug uh, the drug kingpins win. Wasn't that the season he won? Probably. I'm oh, not I sure. I wasn't was. really watching Big Brother back then, but and I I, I did not go on a um, a binge a la your. <laughs> 40 seasons of survivor or um, you didn't, you didn't go through a massive depression during the <laughs> pandemic and binge watch reality television. Oh no, I'm just still going through a massive depression, <laughs> but I didn't binge watch like that. No. <laughs> understood. Understood. So, but it's so, so really, and then the thing is because of the actor strike, we're going to run into a lot of, a lot of stuff isn't being um, promoted nearly as much. So, um, so you've got Comic-Con going on this weekend and some of the panels are pretty sparse. Um, I know with voice actors and video game, um, voice acting and stuff, if the studio meets like the actor's, um, contract and everything, and as long as they properly meet the contract, there is a lot more video game promotions, uh, popping up at this year's, uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, what was it? The... Uh, there was a Spider-Man 2 panel. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pandemonium. And actually, as of yesterday, which would have been the 22nd of July, um, before this recording, A23 actually met all the writers. And, A24? Is it A24? <laughs> it is A24. You're probably doing like D23 and A24. That's exactly what I – you know what's funny? I had it on the back of my mind because – D23 is so Marvel heavy and like Star Wars heavy and and everything that I don't know if any of the actors will actually be showing up for any of their panels for that. 
So, but A24 has met the writers and the actors' contracts. So their their projects are all still going. So they whatever the contract was that they wanted, A24 has met it. So a lot of a lot of weird horror uh, gonna be able to come out on time um, this year, next year. Uh, so that I thought that was super interesting. And if enough smaller studio, and that's a small studio, that's not a multi billion dollar studio. A twenty four has always done like indie projects and all sorts of little projects, so they're not swimming in cash like Disney and other things. So they they but if they're able to pay their if more small studios are able to pay their actors and writers according to the contract that they want, then I think it'll go well for them. Right now, though, we're right. We're uh, most big studio CEOs are in their Lex Luthor um, supervillain. Um, stage right now with being like, we'll just wait you out until you're hungry. <laughs> so um, very Ebenezer Scrooge of them. But uh, the good news is we've got a ton of projects as of right now that are still going. They released a trailer. And, and also some of these aren't just special to San Diego Comic-Con. Um, a lot of tra- a, a lot of what's happening now is that when it's Comic-Con drops trailers for things, Video games, anime projects, everything will drop their trailer trailers and everything the same weekend as San Diego Comic Con or D twenty three because they know eyeballs are on on YouTube looking for like pirated footage of like special trailers and clips from upcoming projects. Um, so my personal, I'll just give a couple of my personal things that I'm beyond excited for. Uh, one is which uh, Spider Man two they dropped a story trailer. Uh, the for the PS5 game Spider-Man 2 uh, with Tony Todd who voy who was Candyman in the original Candy actually he was in all the Candyman movies uh, he'll be voicing Venom uh, and he was actually at the panel uh, well, actually a lot of the voice actors and everybody were at the panel um, a Spider-Man 2 panel at Comic Con so that was a nice little change of pace and then Friday wait 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 coming off Pat. <laughs> The wig reveal. I'm in my Roxy Andrews arrow. <laughs> um, now I'm Joey J. I'm just a gay ass bitch. <laughs> um, they also um, was it Friday? Friday was One Piece Day, and I know everybody who listens to listen to this podcast knows how much I love One Piece. They dropped not only a trailer for a big story event that's happening in the anime, they dropped a, a brand new full trailer for the live action on Netflix of One Piece, which looks absolutely bonkers, banana town insane. I know I posted the teaser up on our uh, Facebook, but I'm beyond excited. It looks absolutely fantastic. Um, We've got Interview with the Vampire Season 2 trailer uh, dropped yesterday as of of the recording of this podcast. Um, And we've got a new Marvel's trailer, which actually makes me very I'm, I'm very i'm not only very excited for marvels because it's probably the last marvel project that's going to come out for the next like movie that's probably going to come out for like the next year and a half i because i know they push blade back by two years uh deadpool i believe is still slated to continue um, oh, i mean the production on that it has stopped oh okay they, they, yeah, they, they, they shut down deadpool yeah, so I know, that's, I know that when I saw that one. That's to to be announced. Um, 
So, uh, but so, I'm, I, but Marvels looks fun as hell. Um, it looks super cute. I, the full trailer is absolutely fantastic. I think uh, it's going to make me finish Secret Secret Invasion to try and figure out what timeline they're working with in the Marvels. Um, and uh, yeah, I think. And then we've got uh, Harley Quinn season four actually drops this month uh, because they had they never released a trailer for that one for like until like yesterday. So uh, Harley Quinn season four drops, I think this week um, as the, as when this podcast release, it should, it should be out. And then wrapping up the things I'm excited for um, are actually a, a mortal Kombat one dropped. It's um, uh, they did their re re rebooting mortal Kombat, but mortal Kombat one dropped. It's um DLC and it's got Omni Man at Peacemaker and Homelander, which I think are perfect for this fucking game. Um, so yeah, those just uh, a couple things. Have you guys seen anything as far as um, uh, Comic Con trailers or anything you're excited for? Uh, I saw the Marvels and the One Piece trailer, and the One Piece trailer. I've been very nervous about uh, the anime live action remakes, but this one just looks ridiculous and <laughs> that's good for it because the one piece world is just ridiculous. Oh yeah. One piece is absolutely, I mean, there's the, uh, let me just anybody who hasn't watched one piece, the power scaling and the abilities are absolutely off the wall insane. You have a guy that has door powers. He can literally back up against the wall and turn into a door. He can create doors in the air. It is, it is absolute. There's a, there's a soap woman. I mean, it is absolutely insane. So like actually for something being translated to live action and it being a little bit quirky, I think one piece is perfect for that nonsense. I have never seen One Piece. I don't know that that at all entices me either, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be for me, and I'm sure it looks amazing. Uh, Marvels, I did see. I think it's a, a nice uh, expansion on the teaser we had already seen. It does give a little bit of a, okay, now we know who a villain is, though I don't really know who the villain is. Uh, maybe I should. Uh, was there was like Ronan Accuser's I think, girlfriend? I think she's been gender swapped. Oh, Okay. Because, I mean, yeah. they made it seem like it was, like, Ronan Accuser's girlfriend. So I was like, oh, okay. And I think it's his daughter. Um, oh, it's his daughter. Oh, yeah, I gotcha. think it's Ronan, Ronan the Annihilator. Because um, um, I, 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 uh, I know right now in the comics with um, the new Scree Crawl Empire, one of um, Billy's um, – not Billy. Um, one of Tommy's uh, Hulkling's um, – security members or knights is a new Ronin, um, the annihilator and nice. it's a woman. Okay. So they're probably playing a little bit off of that. No, that's, that's good. That's fine. I mean, it basically not a character I have, you know, would, would know otherwise cause they're relatively new anyway, but, um, the Marvels looks good. I'm also watching secret invasion. So I'm curious to see how this quite lines up. The tone is different secret invasion, you know, other than involving fury and maybe the, Rolls at all i don't know like it seems like it is kind of a separate like no it's space fury that's a different thing and then you know we have secret invasion which is like you know earth fury with 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 scrolls but um i didn't see a lot of other stuff coming out i wanted to see pictures of the hellfire gala last night and the only person i saw post was pat loika who uh, if you're not familiar with pat's work 
uh, photographer, very well known for his cosplay photography and uh, also being kind of a, you know, comic book uh, gadfly. A lot of a lot of creators know him. He, he got to know a lot of people through the Bendis boards. But um, yeah, I didn't see like any publicity photos. I kind of thought, oh, they're going to do like the publicity thing like what they did for the actual comic Hellfire Gala. And so far I've seen nothing yet. So um, but I do like the fact that it's comics focused and gaming too. I mean, I, I probably am just a little not paying attention to that, but like the fact that the movie stars are kind of not there, the, the, the television and TV stuff is or television TV. Wow. The, the, the TV and movies stuff is like a little downplayed is it's actually probably the best thing that could happen for that show. Because if you've ever been to a comic con in general, uh, depending on which one, of course, the, it, it, it should be comic book focused, gaming, of course, vending, crafting a little bit of celebrities, maybe. And that that does help pay the bills. But like San Diego got taken over by all of the Hall H, I think, uh, panels and all of the other things. And like the comic stuff is there, but it just gets buried. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that that this this year might reset that like expectation a bit. They but, um, they did drop they did drop some trailers for for a couple of comic book events. So far though, the only comic book event trailers I've seen are all DC based. Um, I know there's a Batman Gargoyle of Gotham um, series, um, and they've dropped a Justice League comic. Uh, trailer but yeah that i i don't know if they now if they are doing a a comics announcement um but i mean the point is that the show is not the show is for the show people who go to the show we have been in a weird state in the last however many years where we've had this be like this media inflection point for for sci-fi or you know genre stuff but like the show when you're there is about the show and about going to see the comic creators who only go to one show a year to going, getting some random collectible that you can only get. I mean, that's to me like, you know, I don't know. I, I'm maybe a little bit like grumpy old man about this, but I, I do appreciate that maybe this year is lighter because of all of the other stuff. And, you know, honestly, I think that's the point in from the you know actors and writers perspective is like, Hey, no, you know, we're pulling back. Uh, you should feel some pain here. You, uh, you, you Hollywood folk making all the, all the money. But anyway, I, yeah, thank you. Fist of oh. Rage. Wait, was that the Fist of Rage or the Fist of Love? I always get them confused. <laughs> no, Fist of Love is this. Well, I thought we had a different... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, of course. Of course Fist I of thought love Fist of... That. Yeah, Fist of Love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, actually, a quick quick, uh, quick clear-up, though. Um, apparently, there is an official um, Harrow Hellfire Gala at D23 this year in September. Oh, they're doing it there? No, they mean... Because it's Marvel's owned by Disney. So... Well, they already... Did one? I'm so confused about this. I swore so, this was the big one. No, the, the the well, the official one as put on by Marvel will be in um will be at the D23 Expo that happens between September 8th through 10th, 2023, and they will right. have like the blue. The, they're gonna have like the Blue Lagoon. They're gonna have like all the 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 Krakoan uh, places. Okay. So I think I mean. Like there's a bear event that does a hair hellfire no, 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 in Orlando. You're so totally right. This is so what this was was this was a cosplayer like specific party they threw. Yes. Unofficially. So that explains why. Because I was like, I really expected it to be a big spectacle, but that, that lines up better because I don't think the, the issue comes out for a little bit too. 
So yeah, yeah, okay. That that I'm an idiot. Then it's fine. There's too many things. Too many things. Uh, but I'm glad to see that that is still coming up, and I'm hopeful that it's going to be a a spectacle to relaunch the Xbooks or some whatever the hell they're doing. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, we're getting we're getting a lot with all of X coming up, and this is like the big. They they've uh, the wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost and all of that. Like I'm so far behind on the books. Oh, jeez, me um, too. I know that they. Uh, I know that at SDCC. Wait, so is it? Is they still calling it Comic Con International? Is that technically the official name? I believe it is. Yeah. Or, yes. Okay. It's just abbreviated to SDCC. Um, but yeah, it's still as far as the signage well, and everything I mean, that's, that's currently up there. Comic Con, but yeah, yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of those weird things. But, it's a DBA. Uh, it's doing business as <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but we have uh, Kamala Khan, the new mutant. They or Ms. Marvel, the new mutant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that got announced, and they did a trailer for that at uh, at the event. Uh, the new Punisher series that's coming out. Um, all that stuff. I know Marvel was was focused on. Um, in addition to the Marvel trailer, I still haven't watched it. I'm really behind this week. I had to go in the office a co- like more often than normal. And um, I was, it made me a sleepy bear. So I, I'm so far behind on everything. I fell asleep at the end of the finale of All Stars 8. I mean, honestly, I well, didn't need to see it. I mean, honestly, I still... did you miss much? <laughs> I did not. I did not. We should sidebar uh, that at some point. <laughs> like yeah, last episode. Yeah. <laughs> mm, which I, which the, the second after I said that Luke would message me, I got a message with him laughing and it was great. So hello, Luke. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen much come out of it. I want to go to that Hellfire Gala at D23. Like that would be amazing. But oh, I uh, messed up, y'all. It actually was <clears throat> the um, the Hellfire Gala, um, the official one. Is for Comic Con. Oh my not god! Okay, yeah. Wait, what's going on? What's going on? It's no, so weird. I, like D twenty three. I thought Brian was right. <laughs> a D twenty three event, which is D twenty three, is essentially Disney's Comic Con, is sponsoring an event at a different event. So that's where the confusion is. I'm like, I'm like, no. I so Brian, you are one hundred percent correct. Yes. Why this? Why I, this reading. wasn't a bigger spectacle? I'm confused. Maybe, I, I'm, yeah, they, they could have it in NDA. So, so to be really clear about this, because we don't want to, <laughs> there's enough conspiracies and and surreals, <laughs> like the scandalous. Anyway, um, yes, it was D23 sponsored D23 and Marvel sponsoring it at San Diego Comic Con yesterday, because today is the 23rd of July. It was on the 22nd. And there is no pictures, no pictures, no pictures. Um, there's, there's, there's like, oh, actually, you know, maybe if I go to their Instagram, all right, I'll do a little more research. But it did happen. We are in it's, the, it is in the past. But it is, and it's very possible they could have, they could have sent an NDA. So if um, one of the other news outlets posts like has like a, uh, like IGN or Polygon or somebody has like all the actual like press pictures of it, if there are press pictures done. Um, in that case, then uh, we will make sure to get those posted to our Facebook. But no, Brian, you're absolutely right. They, they, there's, there was zero fanfare because I had heard about it, and I well, thought there is partially a reason for that. I'm on the D23 page for the uh, the X Men Hellfire Gala, 
And in the list of security guidelines, uh, no professional audio, video, or audio recording equipment, including detachable lenses, tripods, zooms, or commercial use rigs. And also, no personal video cameras, GoPros, selfie sticks, drones, or laser pointers. Bitch. So they made that, and the only way you are seeing anything about it is if you were physically there. That I I I hate it, but I get it. Well, no. What that probably means is that they want the most flattering pictures coming out of an event like this, which they probably put a ton of money into. Mm -hmm. So you've got pros, video and photography wise. Maybe there may have been a oh god, what is the carpet in the Hellfire Gala? because it's not red. It's I, I've only read one Hellfire Gala uh, issue, and there's been two. We're about to have a third, but um, like you know, there there probably was you know there was probably a picture set of there's probably areas oh. that you can go and do all of that. So we're probably going to see those pictures within the next day or two. And it's a Disney sponsored but... event, so they probably had the Disney photographers there. Oh sure, sure, but, exactly. but that's what I mean. So. It doesn't say anything about like no picture taking from what I'm just quickly glancing at. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, it says please be advised, filming, photography, and other recording will take place during the event. Uh, you'll be attending, blah blah blah. So like all of the you're you're allowing them to you know film and video and take pictures of you, make you into um, an AI after you're dead, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Turn you into an extra for the next Marvel project. You, you um, are the new June. I mean, it might have. It may have been something about you know you're not allowed to because um, it's all you know like the costume guidelines. There may be some you know there may be something where it was like hey, you know they don't want pictures posted until they can post theirs or you know no yeah. photography being allowed at the event. Which I mean it, it's a it's a weird thing and it's there's been a lot of discourse in the world about taking pictures, being in the moment, disrupting artists while they're having a concert, you know, those types of things. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm, I love taking pictures. We all know this. We, we've all been around me at times. Um, the funny part is I take a shit ton of pictures and I don't post much, uh, except for when it was my job. Like when I worked at Parliament House and, and that was part of what I did, it was always trying to get that quick turnaround. But you know, if, if you're putting on this event and you want to make sure that it has the best foot forward, especially in a time where, you know, you've got the you know, SAG after strike and the Writers Guild strike and UPS is about to go on strike and uh, everybody be striking out here. Um, you know, they, they, they're trying to control the narrative on, on what the the image and what the event looks like. And, you know, you don't want people being like, oh, look at these behind the scene photos. Look at, look at this. Yeah, I, get I, 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 I want to see what these pictures look like because I, oh. I, when I saw the event announced, I was like, damn, I want to go. But I know that I'm a poor bitch and I can't, you know, not going to be out there. Oh, no, that sucker was expensive. And it's called the green carpet. Um, green so carpet. They, I was going to say, yeah. I thought it was green, but. So they actually, so the spaces they have, they have the Green Lagoon, the Hellfire Ballroom and Lair X, which was like a history of mutants um, ex- exhibit for humans to, to, to look at. So. Yeah, they um yeah, it was a whole it was a whole whole thing. So, I hope they they release some um, release pictures from it. Be, and definitely it being Disney, like they definitely I can definitely see them wanting to do this as like sort of a press re- actual press release. Um uh I I I can see them doing stuff with it and I could definitely see them not 
if if they have control of all the photos, I could definitely see them not releasing them till the actual D23 event to promote their D23 event, which is smart. So I, I get it. I, I, just, be I definitely want to see them now. I mean, Hellfire Gala will be out before September. Yeah. So I, it'll, it, they may do it in conjunction with like a real big push for the for advertising this year's Hellfire Gala, especially since it leads into Fall of X. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Which we're now, which we're now getting, you know, hinted at that um, it's not the end of the Krakoan era of the for the X Men. Um, and uh, did anybody see the teaser? For the all new, or was it say all new X Men? The like yeah. one page image. Oh yeah, Doom? yeah, Doom. Is that the Doom one? No, 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 no. Just one where it's like all new X Men. It's like a black page uh, with just the type and the X and the logo that they use is the same as the uh, I think it's the Astonishing X Men from the Age of Apocalypse. And slightly similar to the like the original X with like the the kind of like wavy, like chompy bits at the end of the on the ends of the X, but as soon as I saw it, that circle around it, that font, it it all just screamed astonishing X Men and Age of Apocalypse. So uh, I'm curious to see what's going to come after the fall. So, but uh, and then the only other thing I got is that if you are an Invincible fan, they not only released a trailer for Invincible season two they released a special origin episode for Adam Eve uh, that is available now to watch. And it is really freaking good. Um, So definitely check that out if you are an Invincible fan. I've been hearing that it's good. So I'm going to have to check it out. And then November season two, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Nice. Awesome. So thank you, BJ, for your... Uh, Comic-Con International Roundup, Writer Strike uh, update, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, keeping all of us folks up to date with the newest con info coming out of San Diego. All right, Eric, what you got for us? Well, let's talk about more superhero stuff, although Woo! DC now. Uh, <laughs> the new, the new uh, animated uh, show, My Adventures with Superman, is airing on uh, Cartoon Network slash Max, uh, formerly HBO Max. Max, formerly uh, HBO Go, exactly. Uh, and HBO Plus. <laughs> it just She's can't have more identity crises. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's still finding herself. No. Um, uh, but this is an American animated superhero television cartoon series based on the DC comic book character Superman. Uh, it's animated by the South Korean studio Mir, uh, who also animated Legend of Korra, uh, Voltron, Le- Legendary Defender, uh, Kipo, and the Age of Beasts. Uh, so it's that style of uh, animation. Uh And it's the early days of Clark Kent moving to um, Metropolis and just getting started at the Daily Planet. And in this version, his roommate is Jimmy Olsen, and they are interns, and they meet up with Lois Lane, who is also an intern, and trying to get on the reporting staff. Uh, So they're all very young. Uh, And he's just getting used to... uh, using his Superman powers 
uh, at the beginning. And so far, four episodes have aired. Has anybody else seen it? I have. I've I've really liked it so far. I, I like... They take a very good... Especially, like, when his parents show him the ship. Um, and the ship reacts to him and everything. I love the... It, it's definitely got this parents of... It, like, these parents adopted an, an immigrant, essentially. But they know mm-hmm. nothing about his culture. And they know nothing about like what he is and they've just kind of raised him as a, as a human, which is definitely one of those things where that's like the, the foundation of Superman is that this is the planet that took him in. This is the planet that's protected him. um, So he protects the planet and he's just a good guy. But I love how they definitely don't shy away from the idea that like his parents are terrified. Like his parents were terrified kind of at the beginning yeah. and, and especially when there's that um that uh, hologram of Jorel and just him talking in the native uh Kryptonian language like they're freaked out they're like this could be like a not so much a friendly um like a, fr- a friendly alien race so it's- yeah and I like that even the, he went back as an adult trying to learn more and he still can't communicate with the Jor-El hologram. Exactly. So it's, it's, I, but no, I, I like how they, how they kind of push that, that like he, he doesn't know much about himself. And I also like the fact that they've integrated um, because I, I don't know if I, I'm definitely aging myself here. I don't know if any of y'all remember the Superman blue um, comics where he essentially got a completely different power set, but a lot of them were electricity based. Um, I remember kind of, existing. I never read any of it, though. Yeah, they kind of touched on the fact that like Kryptonians are a bit more malleable in how they display their powers. And I know Jonathan Kent, um, the current Man of Steel in the comics, has like a bioelectric sort of offshoot to his power. Um, so it's like they're kind of integrating a little bit of that into um, the new series. So I really like that. But it's got some uh, fun voice actors. Jack Quaid is uh, playing Clark Kent Superman. Um, Chris Parnell is playing Slade Wilson, Agent Slade Wilson, uh, for some government agency. He's working with Amanda Waller. Um although it hasn't been defined exactly what agency that is uh, being called. Um, yeah, but I know it's in some ways it's taking a slow start in the fact that they haven't uh, introduced Lex Luthor from what I read. They're not introducing him in the first season at all. Um, and, but in other ways it's kind of quickly starting up because in the fourth episode, uh, Lois is putting it together that Clark Kent may or may not be Superman. Uh, so, and I like that. I like that a lot because, like, was it um, Adventures of Lois and Superman? Like a lot of the Superman media, they they take their they take their time with it. But in all honesty, sometimes I'm like, all right, she's she like what was it? Um, it was Man of Steel. Lois like like an actual reporter like went out and she found like Superman's fortress of solitude. So she like found Superman. She didn't know 100% he was Clark Kent, but she was like, 
she approached it from a different angle than she did in a lot of the media where she's just like, who is he? And she, in Man of Steel, she approached it from, I want to know what kind of person he is and where he's from versus I want to know his secret identity. So I, I appreciate the fact that the fact that she is hanging out with him, like, and she, she gets, she meets him a, enough times and knows Clark that she's able to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very interested to see how they go with it, especially with Jimmy. I love, I love Jimmy and the fact that he's a conspiracy theorist and he's not completely far off. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, it'll be interesting though, because he's going to very quickly become a uh, third wheel. Um, and that'll be a little sad. Uh, but, uh, no, it's a fun show so far. I'm liking it. I don't always like Superman. I think he can be... He's not necessarily my favorite superhero, but I am enjoying this iteration of him. Nice. I've heard good things. Haven't seen it, though. Um, don't watch a lot of the DC the DC stuff, um, but definitely heard good things. So that is... Now airing, uh, is it full stream or are they doing weekly releases? Do you know? Uh, weekly releases. Okay. So you can catch up on Cartoon Network or Max, uh, depending on which is available to you. Thank you, Eric. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for supporting and listening and doing all the great stuff that you do on a daily and weekly basis for us at Flame On. We wouldn't be here still making episodes for you all these years later if you all weren't out there listening and supporting and just uh, being amazing. So we thank you for that. And you can check out our website at flameonshow.com. That's where you can find uh, all the ways to get in touch with us. You can find our Threadless shop where you can cop your own Flame On swag. And if you get some, please make sure to tag us. We love to see the pictures. And uh, you can also find our uh, currently all dormant Twitch accounts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of us have uh, Twitched. Some of us still haven't Twitched. Um, even though they, you know, set up a whole brand for themselves, which is phenomenal. Anyway, we're not gonna we're not gonna call Eric out by name, but you know, still. Hey, <laughs> you, can check, you can check all of that out at flameonshow.com. You can also check out our Patreon uh, by linking through our website, or we're going to patreon.com forward slash flameonshow and uh, checking out the four levels that we have and joining at the one that works best for you and uh, helping to support us that way. If you can, we appreciate it. Either way, any way that you are able to support us. So check us out, flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash flame on show. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. 
and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. All right, let's go into our next topic. Brian, what you got for us? So, yeah, I, I want to do a catch up on a show we talked about probably about a year ago, maybe more. Um, that is something I was really excited about at first. And then, um, you know, I think when I talked about it, I probably gave you the warts and all review um, of the show uh, that is on Apple TV or Apple Network, Apple Apple streaming, Apple. What's it called? Apple something? Apple TV Plus. It is a plus. I do. Well, of course, there's a plus in there. Oh, my God. On podcast, um, plus. Plus. Yes, Apple Plus. <laughs> so, Foundation, if you have not heard me talk previously or have not seen it, is a sci-fi series, very uh, epic space opera sci-fi sort of series. Um, eh, sci hard sci-fi. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of different monikers you could throw on this, but uh, on Apple just came out with a second season. And it's based on the books by Isaac Asimov, who is actually the first sci-fi writer I ever read. In fact, the Foundation books were the first books, uh, like not for school or whatever, and not as a young, young child. I was in high school, but that I read and kind of kickstarted my love for reading science fiction in general. So these books are kind of important to me, um, though, going back and revisiting them, they're not great. <laughs> they're, they're, we've been uh, talking about Isaac Asimov and some of my, my friend groups, and it's like, He's a bad writer. Like he's a prolific writer. And I, I shouldn't say he's a bad writer. Bad writer's useless. He is a writer who does not necessarily write believable characters and dialogue, but gets like sci-fi stuff, you know, interesting enough. And, you know, his concepts are, you know, kind of cool. And he's got some good redeeming stories. I think the first Asimov short story I read was the one about the computer that was going to end the world. And then they talked it out, talked him out of it or something. I forgot the name, but I got it. War games. No, but kind of, <laughs> honestly, yeah, very much. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so long story short, Isaac Asimov's not the, the material is not perfect, but it is something that's near to me and, and dear in my history. So watching the series, the first season, I was kind of amused because they they took a lot of um, creative liberties, let's say, to try to uh, try to keep the core ideas and elevate the material to something that's a little more palatable. Um, I mean, you have to do a lot because it was written in the fifties or like sixties. I think it was fifties, but you have to, you have to already do a lot to kind of modernize it. But um, especially in the world of, of like star Wars and other things that have come since that, that, that definitely pay like homage um, to, um, to uh, what do you call it? To, to uh, foundation uh, specifically like, you know, star Wars has Coruscant. Well, uh, foundation has Trantor, which is kind of the same idea, big city, spanning planet but um uh yeah like they had to do a lot and david goyer who has done a million 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 sci-fi and genre projects including like blade and i'm sure other stuff i think he did he did he do um irobot he might have done irobot um but yeah like he, he had to do a lot and he and actually jane espenson from buffy and uh angel fame um have really worked hard to sort of modernize and make it a little more gender friendly there's certainly an issue with asimov being a misogynist and not getting women at all and using them as plot to, like people complain like stephen moffat and doctor who and how he didn't handle women well well let me just let me just refer you to isaac asimov if you want really good examples of that um it's uh it's it's, it's he's it's bad um but yeah no they've done a lot of good stuff i mean their lead protagonists are women 
um, the lead antagonist is deliciously but horribly played, like like horrible, and he's a bad person by uh, the the delightful and amazing Lee Pace. Speaking of uh, pushing daisies, who oh my god, like comparing Ned from Pushing Daisies to Emperor Cleon, that is his new character in Foundation, like physically, he aged so well. Like he's he is a specimen of a man. In fact, the first episode of season two, he is in a nude fight scene <laughs> for like three minutes. And I mean, it's it's it is it is it is streaming, so you could probably show a little nudity, but you don't you don't get anything but butt. But still, it's fine. It's still it's still enough. You, you get a lot of leap pace, um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, the show is um, the second season's off to a start. It's 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 a it's a continuation right off of the cliffhanger ending of last season. And uh, I mean, I won't spoil too much for you if you're interested, but there's a time jump and it's space shenanigans, time travel, not time travel, but like time travel, the slow way um, around, let's say um, uh, when you're frozen and, you know, you wake up 150, like alien, you know, you you wake up later uh, and time's moved on. So it's got, it's got time jumps and it's got um, some, some crazy uh, bonding moments between these two female characters that you end up with at the end of the first season. Um, it also has a lot more uh, Harry Seldon. Harry Seldon is played by, oh my God, what's his name? He was in um, um, the Chernobyl series, uh, Jared Harris. Um, he's not, he's a part of the books because he's kind of the founder of everything, so to speak. No pun intended, but he's not like alive. <laughs> in much of the books, but they kind of reference him and he's kind of got like this sort of like hologram sort of situation, but like either way, they're using him a lot more than I ever thought they would. And, and Jared Harris is an amazing actor. So no complaints there. He's great, but uh, inventing material, let's say the, to say the least, like they're, they're definitely at taking liberties. And then, and, and, in, and I think in a good way, I'm a little like on the fence right now about it, but um, and then they're also doing this thing where, so, you know, again, to add to the strong women in the series that the writer just did not provide, there's a wife potential for Emperor Cleon. Um, so you get to meet this uh, this woman, I uh, forgot her name. She's like the Empress of the Moon or something. I don't know. She's got some, she's got some suitable like sci-fi moniker, right? But she's going to marry Emperor Cleon and have like a dynasty, like an actual like, you know, kids that are going to be born and then they, they might become emperor. And the reason that's even like worth mentioning is the fact that in the books, I think somewhat, but in the series for sure, Emperor Cleon is a clone. So Lee Pace is born and then he doesn't have kids. He doesn't marry. He just dies and is like, like cloned. And what the series did to expand on that idea is they actually made a younger and an older version of the emperor to always be around for continuity so that like, okay, so it's like, I think it's Brother Dawn, Brother Day, and Brother Dusk. Brother Day is the emperor. Like he is, he is Lee Pace. Brother Dawn is the like teenage into young adult, like emperor to be. And then Brother Dusk is the outgoing emperor. So he's basically puttering around being a retired, you know, person just painting and doing weird shit. So like you always had this like triumvirate of, of like council, but like, you know, there is, you know, the empire is the Lee Pace character. So it's like, the, it's like the three in one. It's like the, yeah, it's uh, the Trinity. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's like the three in one Trinity of the, um, was it Hecate? 
Yeah, or like, you know, the Christian Trinity, whatever. Yeah, all, all yeah. of it, the three in one. Yeah, yeah, three is a big thing in religions, of course. You've probably, if you've ever studied any comparative religion or mythology, it's all that. Um, but what's interesting is you now see that power dynamic shifting because, the, so the emperor is a perfect clone. So, okay, that's the litany, right? The emperor is the same person, it's the same person, it's the same soul, they kind of think, or whatever. But they actually last season introduced an idea that the cloning is imperfect and there's actually been an, it looks like an intent to to disrupt that and sort of add variables into the clones. So this is making the point that the books kind of touch on in a different way, that as you keep cloning, you the copy of a copy starts to degrade. So this is sort of following up to that point where they're going to sort of introduce this idea. Um, cool stuff. Again, I think given the source material and the limitations, also, the foundation books are like novellas. So there's like three of them. And then they're like, they're, so like they're like collection of short stories. And then it becomes like a novelized series after that. But so, so they're doing some stuff that's not in the books, but is playing with ideas in later and earlier books. That was kind of cool to see. The other character I have to mention, because it's probably one of my favorite characters, Laura Byrne is the actress. She is playing a character named Demerzel. Demerzel is a robot that has been around since they, they haven't even really explained how long she's been around. But if you know the lore, she is a robot who is a, um, in the book, she's male. And so I don't know what they're doing in terms of gender, if it's just gender swap, or if they're playing with this idea that robots are kind of trans and can be whatever they want. I would love to see that, by the way. I hope that's what they're doing. Um, but she is sort of pulling the strings. Uh, across the whole empire series and like the books and foundation. And then there's a robot series where she kind of see her beginnings. Um, but anyway, yeah. And in the books uh, are Daniel Oliva, but um, it's cool to see her in that role. It's cool to see her in the show. She has this Machiavellian sort of spirit, which they have to reconcile because robots, if you know, Asimov, there's the three laws you're not supposed to, they're not supposed to be able to hurt humans. They're, they have all this, like, you know, uh, it, they did this in iRobot a little bit, but it's that whole, they're not supposed to hurt humans thing. So they're going to explore why she can basically, like, kill people. She does, too, at one point. And I was like, okay, yeah, you probably should set the, talk about this, you know, if you're trying to be, like, the true nerds that I know you are, how she can, like, kill somebody, how she justifies that in her laws, you know, when it says, thou shalt not kill a human, you know. So anyway, all of that's fun and interesting. And I think... I think if you like the Asimov ideas or if you're just a sci-fi nerd in general, I think this show is fine. It's very pretty. It definitely has some great acting uh, music by Bear McCreary. I mean, the visuals are amazing. It's top notch. Like there's not a lot of space battles. They did a little bit like at the end of the thing last season that was like, Oh, okay. But, but there, there's a lot of cool lore there that I think uh, is worth checking out. I will say, I don't know that this is going to get a third season, uh, well, writer strike notwithstanding, uh, and and acting stri- actor strike, this show has probably been on the bubble, and he don't think it did as well as they hoped it would. And I know it's a very expensive show, so even in Goyer when he was doing the press junkets before the strike, he was basically saying and telegraphing like, I don't know if we're getting another season, so hopefully uh, I've got like an eight season arc I want to do. And of course, you know, anytime a writer says they've got like an eight season arc, you're like, oh no, you're not getting there, honey. <laughs> you're not going to make it. Um, but anyway, I, I love, I, I love the show enough to, to, to bring it to all the, this is not a read by the way. I do, I do like the show. I think it's just entertaining that, you know, they take a swerve when I'm like, what, what are you doing? So did anyone else watch the season one at all or watching season two? 
I, have I heard an ad for it on when I was listening to Sibling Rivalry on my way to the office the other day. All right. That's about as close as I've gotten to. <laughs> well, if you like Lee Pace and his body, um, and, and Lee Pace is an actor. I mean, he's like I say, he's playing an asshole, like, you know, evil empire thing. But uh, I just love him and will always follow and stand him for, for perpetuity. Um, so please to the enjoy. The important question is, was he wearing nude illusion or nude delusion <laughs> when you can't see things? I mean, I can't say what he was actually packing down there because they do it in shadow it's the austin power but not not like comedically but it's it's in the shadow you can't wait yeah. lee pace was the the lead actor in pushing daisies i just said that yeah, yeah i didn't I even realize that oh, you checked out I, didn't, I, didn't, I checked out i well i mean i didn't he said i don't know what's going on so i mean for some reason i thought you meant the cop i don't know why I thought you meant the oh. cop, and I was just like, "Oh, the daddy cop, he's kind of cute." But then, oh, when no. you, but then when you were like Lee, I was like, "Wait a minute!" And then I went back and looked him up. I was like, "It's not the cop. That's the main." Character. I think the actor who played the the daddy cop passed away. I feel I like think anyway. he did. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. yeah I. I well, he, and Lee Pace looks very different from when he was in Pushing Daisies. Like now, he looks very different. I'm glad we're on the same page now. Yes, <laughs> I just said no. That. no I mean, he's been that, in a number of things since then that yeah. have also been discussed on the show, including uh, *Halt and Catch Fire* and uh, wait, which he, the Hobbit trilogy, the Hobbit, yeah, Ronan. Uh, was he? He was Ronan. Trilogy. He was Ronan. Yeah, we were literally just talking about Ronan earlier. <laughs> a lot of Lee Pace uh, conversation. I, he's one of those actors that, like, every time somebody says his name, I envision his co-star. Every single time it's he could be standing next to like he could be standing next to a dog and the or in a show with a dog and I'll be standing there and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's the new of the dog. And everybody's like, no, no, the guy next to the dog. And I'm like, oh, oh, OK. Yeah, I've I've looked him up like 50 times. I don't know what it is with my brain and Lee Pace. He just like disappears the moment I'm not looking at him. He's one of the silence. I, I understand that he is. He is. Yeah, he's one of the silence. But I do think if you haven't looked him up least recently, go look up his Instagram. He's got a beard now. Like he mm-hmm. does, I think, tend to like having a beard, and it's even better. So yeah, uh, foundation on Apple Plus, uh, Apple TV Plus. Uh, you know, enjoy it, watch it, tell your friends. Let's see if we can get a third season out of him. <laughs> All I could think was, yes, a lot of us in our early years enjoyed a beard when we didn't want to come out to our family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's accurate. It's accurate. Mm -hmm. Foundation, Apple TV Plus. Uh, Yeah, if you're into the sci-fi, check it out uh, and let Brian know what you think about season one and uh, going into season two here. Oh, goodness. All right. Um, I don't think mine is going to have as quite any conversation about it as as much as uh, Foundation did. I don't even know if there's any uh, through lines to anything else we've ever really talked about. But I am going to uh, talk about a miniseries that I watched and I made my friend Chris watch with me because when we were sitting down to dinner one day, I... Just happened to stumble upon it. I think it had just come out on Netflix. And uh, I was like, 
oh, what is this? And started the first episode. Next thing you know, uh, we're watching all five episodes of this mini series. And it is called Muscles and Mayhem, an unauthorized story of American gladiators, now streaming on Netflix. And um, sadly, like the, the wiki page literally just says that it's a Netflix series about American gladiator, not even American gladiators, <laughs> not even the right, the right full name of this. But uh, uh, if you are unfamiliar with the gladiators, uh, American Gladiators is an American competition television program that aired weekly in syndication from September 1989 to May of 1996. The series matched the cast of amateur athletes against each other, as well as against the show's own gladiators, quote-unquote gladiators, in contests of strength and agility. Following the success of American Gladiators, other countries began to produce their own versions of the show. So, the this unauthorized docu-series really kind of takes a look and pulls back the veil on how the show came to be all of the craziness behind putting it together and uh, the fact that it it really didn't stand a chance at first and the team that put it together had no clue what they were doing and wanted to put something together and um, safety wasn't always a, <laughs> a paramount concern. Where if you've ever gone back and watched the original 13 episodes, I always thought it was like season one and then it came back for season two and, and kind of got revamped. But no, apparently this was first half, uh, front half and back half of the first season was when it went from having a Coliseum-esque executioner as the the referee and a very stripped-down look um, to being kind of the more polished, a a little closer to what people think of when they they think of American Gladiators, if you watch American Gladiators. Now, before I go any further, who else on on this panel actually watched American Gladiators back when it was on in late, you know, 89 to 90s? All the time growing up. Jesus, okay. I, I, I definitely watched it. I just can't remember because at some point it went into syndication. Like it went it, into syndication pretty much right away. It, yeah. like, it was part stopped. of how it, it's it like deal. stopped, and then like up, and then it would randomly appear on like USA. Yes, at, yep. like yes. at night instead of like early morning, like Saturday or Sunday mornings. Like on like regular network television, I just can't remember. Like it, it jumped around a lot, and I remember watching it purely because I didn't realize it had moved to a different channel or anything. It was really weird. And I mean, those were that that was either potentially after it went off the air in '96 or towards the end, uh, because it was. I, I know I always remember it being a Saturday afternoon show, and part of that the reason I remember that is because I had skating lessons uh, from like 11 to 12. And then my mom would take me from the ice rink. We would stop and get McDonald's on the way home. It was like, it was a routine. I did my, I did my hockey skating lessons. We'd get McDonald's and then we'd have to be home by one o'clock for American gladiators because, you know, there's nothing like a fat kid eating, you know, a happy meal <laughs> watching <laughs> roided up men in spandex when uh, you know like that that's just the that's the american dream for most of us but 
so it was such a huge part of me growing up to the point where um i went to see the live show when it came to new york when it came to the nassau coliseum um i loved it so much that my mother sent me a 10 year old on my own to this fancy dinner she bought me the vip ticket so i could go and have dinner meet gladiators and watch the show and i went to this dinner by myself this feels like a law and order svu episode i'm not gonna lie <laughs> this like because you're you, you telling me that this is what happened has activated my fight or flight and my heart rate just jumped up. And I'm like, I can't save this 10-year-old Pat from what's about to happen. I don't know. That, like, that just, like, I have full body chills just from you explaining that. <laughs> you know, it happens. <laughs> it happens. Uh, I had a life-size poster of ice. Um, a full, like, five-and-a-half-foot-tall poster. Um, Ice actually came and did a meet and greet and autograph signing at this. Uh, we had a lot of like indoor flea market type places on Long Island. Um, I can't remember the name of the one that she was at. I know it wasn't our normal like Tri County, which was our like the big indoor flea market. But I remember going, and um, I think I can't remember if my mom or my dad might have taken me to that one. Um, they're not a ton of memories that I have, like of my dad and I doing things. So it's like it's kind of fuzzy. But uh, I just remember again being told to. They did not want to wait in the line with me. So there I was, a ten or eleven year old me with my poster and whatnot, waiting in line to go meet this American Gladiator. Anywho, so if that in any way, shape, or form gives you an insight into who I am as a person and why I am the way that I am then congratulations. Um, so this series, I'm going to read this. I, I found this website that talks about, about it. Again, there is not a lot of information on the actual putting together and production of this show. Like normally we read a little excerpt of a wiki description. Um, but the one I read to you was the, the one for American Gladiators, the actual show. This here, I believe is actually the opening kind of uh, narration for the show itself. And it says, In the late 80s and early 90s, muscly hunks and bodybuilding were all the rage. We had Arnold. We had Stallone. We had Thundercats. We did. We had WWF's primetime wrestling. And we had American Gladiators. If you're too young to know or too old to remember, the show featured a bunch of co-ed super jocks who took on who took on average Joes in various physical challenges, like jousting each other with pugil sticks atop raised circular platforms or assaulting each other with weapons full of ammo. Well, orange tennis balls. It was campy. It was fun. And the gladiators lived like rock stars until it all went down in flames. So bum, bum. this. <laughs> this. This five-part docu-series, um, one should have been four episodes because it kept on like going back over the same things as these episodes went on. Um, but it actually features a handful of the, uh, the gladiators themselves, including Nitro and Gemini, uh, both Zaps, the original Zap, and uh, or the original Zap or the original Lace, um, or both of them, to be honest. Um, 
But uh, I was Nitro, Storm, Diamond, Laser, Ice, Gemini, Zap, uh, Blaze, Sky, Tower, and then, yes, the original Zap. Um, and also talks about Lace and Sunny and uh, Malibu and all of these other people that were part of the show. And really dives into how the show came to be, how they found these gladiators, most of them being either um, injured football players who could not continue on in the NFL, uh, fitness models, and uh, their rise to prominence as celebrities and the vices that surrounded it, including steroids, which was a huge part of the world of professional televised sports you know talks about the the wwf uh, steroid scandal talked about their their issues and how the production company um did what it could to make sure that they did not test positive and giving them a heads up of you know roughly two weeks to uh to let the the performance enhancing uh accoutrement out of get out of their system but it's crazy to see these people now and see how they've aged because they were, you know, in their 20s, 30s, going, you know, when the show was at its peak. Um, but then also seeing how they were taken advantage of. You know, we talk about the writer's strike and uh, the SAG after strike and, and the unfair residuals and payments. These people were taken advantage of so badly. Their likeness, the, the contract that they signed, essentially did not give them any type of payouts, any type of, uh, of money. And they were being, they became marketing juggernauts. You know, I had the toys, there was posters and there were lunch boxes and Slurpee cups and all of these things. Was there and they saw them. I don't remember a cartoon. There were video games because yeah. I had at least, at least two of them, one for the original NES. And I think one for the super Nintendo, um, that original Nintendo game is the worst video game. Maybe not in the world, but it, it was really, really bad. The second one was much better. But um, and then the fact that when the gladiators had had enough of being kind of taken advantage of, they wanted to all band together and really kind of demand to renegotiate. And uh, some of them did a lot of the originals and uh, some of the ones who were either newer or didn't want to take the chance that they're their money would stop flowing didn't and it also showed you how if you don't stand together the people who do stand up and that will be you know brushed aside and, and and taken out of the equation and they fired four of the original like mainstay gladiators and uh the last couple of seasons just kind of fell apart until it just reached the end at, at season seven so it's a very interesting look at the world of American gladiators, how it came to be, how these people all kind of came to become these icons of a certain generation. Um, I am now following ice on uh, like TikTok. I did not know that she is a lesbian and it is so amazing to see like how they are now and how, how she is. And the fact that she wanted to be, kind of out and proud and, and be herself during this time. And the production company essentially told her, please do not bring your girlfriend on the tour. Do not bring her around, like kind of keep it all hidden. And um, 
it, the the funniest part about that was they were on Ellen, the '90s sitcom, and Nitro uh, and Ellen like apparently start a thing, and and Ice is the jealous girlfriend. Like I guess she dated Nitro, uh, and I vaguely remember actually seeing this when it was on. And uh, she talks about the fact that when they were doing that, it was it was funny because she didn't want to be making out with Nitro. She would have rather been making out with Ellen. And it was like, could you just imagine the trajectory of, <laughs> of queers in television had that been the, the storyline that the Ellen show had gone with uh, back in the 90s? But um, it is it's a super interesting watch. The episodes run about between like 35 and 45 minutes each, and there's only five episodes. So if this was a part of your your growing up, kind of your like if you have some of those same core memories, uh, I was a little sad. They talk about the the tour and they talk about they show like the um, press conference they had at Madison Square Garden. Talk about they talk about doing the like the back-to-back shows one at madison square garden and then the one at nassau coliseum but there's no footage from it because i was like i was like maybe that'll be from when i was there like they'll show they'll show nassau coliseum and they didn't but then i also realized that it was like october 17th of like 91 so it was like the day before my 10th birthday or was like oh no it was like october 21st so it was like right after my 10th birthday and i was like damn I was a 10-year-old just going to this thing by myself. Buddy, I just, every time you give your age and the time frame, and I'm just like, I can't. I'm like, I'm like if there isn't already a Law & Order SVU episode that is, isn't set up just like this, I'm, I'm going to call shenanigans. So you need to write it and you need to like wait for the writer's strike to start. Don't be a scab. Um, and send yeah. that in because... <laughs> Like the whole time, my heart, my heart rate. I just, can't. I'm just imagining little ten year old Pat just like having a good day, and then like all of a sudden the camera clips up, and then it's like, it's just like this is Law and Order's Special Victims Unit, and I'm just like, I can't. I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh. And if I'm telling you, if this gives you any insight into why I'm the way I am. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I know I do need to find my pitch. I need to. I'm gonna be doing some cleaning and uh, uh, downsizing here in my apartment uh, over the next couple of weeks. And I I know, and I'm pretty sure that I have in my possession pictures of me with Tower, Sky, and Electra from that dinner, from that VIP dinner, from the American Gladiators tour. Um, which also I didn't remember the fact that Tower, Sky, and Electra all got their start on that tour and then moved over to the television show. You need to post uh, those pictures if you find them. Uh, I'll, I'll find them. I know I have them. And then there's like there's, there's little me in my dress shirt and slacks because my mother wouldn't let me go to this thing. It's the American Gladiators live show at Nassau Coliseum. But because it was a VIP dinner, she would not let me go in just like a t-shirt and, and jeans. She had I had to dress up for this VIP dinner. So it is tiny little 10-year-old me in a little dress shirt and, and khaki slacks. Uh, next to these monstrous people. <laughs> but hey, I lived. I, I did not get abducted. I am, I am still here <laughs> to tell these stories um, uh, 30 some odd years later. 
but yeah i'll find those pictures i'll send them to you all first and then and then we'll see about posting them <laughs> we'll see how i feel about it um but it definitely was it definitely was a great a, a great watch it was so eye-opening especially being that young when it came out to then kind of see how all of this like all of these things came to be um and also seeing ice looks fucking stunning still absolutely gorgeous um laser could still do the naughtiest of things to me um and yeah some of them did not age as gracefully so (laughs) we'll just leave it at that (laughs) but if you have netflix if you grew up with american gladiators um i recommend checking out muscles and mayhem um i still haven't i i still need to watch the wham documentary um and I've heard that that's really good, but right now, like that was, I, I was very impressed with, uh, with how they put that together. And do you remember when I was talking about like the video game? Um, uh, I cannot remember the name of it. The docu series about Sega, or the the docu film oh, about Sega. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and how like half of it was where they would like intercut live footage with like animated like reenactments. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing in this docu series. So whenever they're telling stories, and they have some wild ass stories, there's one about like Nitro and Laser um, driving in like the desert on their way to some location. They were both roided out of their minds. Like a bout of roid rage hit, and uh, and like they got into a fight where Laser ended up biting like Nitro on the cheek to like get him to stop hitting him. This whole thing, but these these stories are reenacted through cartoon, <laughs> and all the cartoons they're always wearing their gladiator outfits. <laughs> so no matter what the story is, uh, there's always like there there's these adorable and funny cartoons, um, and 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 they they just draw them in their gladiator outfits. Also, the one guy that came in. Um, the, the executive produced the show apparently had a porn and dildo um, obsession and apparently had d- like dildo suction cupped all over the production room. And they had pictures, actual pictures of the production room from that time and blurred them out. But then when they did the recreations in cartoon, there's dildos. And I'm like, seriously, how are you? How are you going to blur out the real thing but draw in Delta? This entire segment has sounded like a true crime. <laughs> I, can't. You. I can't. Yeah, I know. The executive producer is the one that's stealing the 10-year-olds from the live show. There we go. No, that's exactly how it would happen. I mean, I you know. Deal with this. Uh, oh, Lord. Oh, I'm God. telling you. like, And if you remember when Diamond came back with big titties... She left the show fairly, you know, uh, fitness model with a, a smaller chest and then came back with giant tits. There was a whole thing about like him, like he didn't want to, he didn't want to mix business with pleasure. And then he gets into a whole thing about her, like her tits. I don't know. It's this whole thing. It is a bizarre and funny re like, you know, discovery of, of this show. So muscles and mayhem on Netflix I suggest that you all go and watch it. So that is for me. 
All right, y'all. Before we get to the end of the show, we just want to say one more time, thank you so much for listening to and supporting our podcast. Make sure you go check out our website at flameonshow.com. All of our links to everything we do are there. And uh, you can also help support us uh, monetarily if you're able to by going to patreon.com forward slash flame on show. All right, y'all. Let's do a round of one ups. Let's go back around the other way. Brian, what is your one up? I just want to do a quick one up shout out to uh, a business that is making a delightfully uh, pro Florida anti DeSantis sticker. Uh, and other similar products. Uh, and I should have done this before Pride, but I will post a link on the Facebook page. They are called Wayward Pansy, and I am holding the sticker up to the uh, cast here. It is a orange. I cannot focus for hell. I'm not changing the focus. So it's an orange uh, with the progress flag, and it says Florida is for everyone. Oh, and a flamingo. Um, and this has kind of gone viral a little bit, so I'm very excited, and I'm really glad to see, like, Friend of the show, Cat Blackard, using it as uh, her Facebook picture, and you know all kinds of just attention. There are a lot of Floridians and people who live in Florida, like our dear friend Eric, still, uh, who are you know obviously not uh, reflective of that state's bullshit. And this is a great like uh, the you know, sticker, T-shirt, whatever, uh, to show your support for um, to show your support for that that movement within the the the, the nonsense that is uh, currently happening. So, uh, Wayward Pansy, I'll put a link up, and uh, yeah, that's my one up. Nice, Eric. What you got for us? Uh, so I came across a band that is new to me called Electric Callboy, uh, formerly known as Eskimo Callboy, if you had heard of them before. But they are a techno metal band from Germany who recently put out a cover of Cascada's Every Time We Touch, which is delightful. Um, and some of their older songs, We Got the Moves and Pump It, are fantastic. It's it's scream metal that makes you happy. Uh, it's just there's such joy, and they are fun people, and both the singers are pretty cute and yeah, check them out. Electric Callboy. Nice. I have never heard of them before. All right, BJ, what you got? Um, so I recently beat, uh, finally beat Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I got through that god awful stealth mission that I was stuck on for the better part of four or five years. Um. I, it was it went by very quickly when I realized I could just kill all of them, um, and that's what I did. Um, but uh, in looking up my next video games to play, I realized there is a slew of games that are coming out the next year and a half that I'm very, very, very excited for. Number one being Spider-Man 2. They dropped a story trailer. Uh, for the new Spider-Man 2 game, uh, and they have released a gameplay trailer for Lies of P, which is the Souls game reimagining of Pinocchio um, in a steampunk aesthetic. I will, I've probably posted clips, but I will be posting more because the game looks absolutely fun as hell. Um, also, it has a mechanic where you can repair your goddamn weapon. So <laughs> so you can you can sharpen and repair your weapons on the go, um, which makes me very happy because weapons. Imagine if games didn't let you repair your weapons. Oh, I, I just got. To, I was gonna say. 
I'm down there, Final Fantasy. I can't be- I can't wait to get into Tears of the Kingdom now, where I'm gonna have to deal with weapon durability and weapon proficiency. Imagine, imagine games who have different races in them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I, Eric, I did start playing Final Fantasy 16, and I, let me tell you, I something something about stories where they just white people enslaving other white people, kind of you know, chef's kiss. Give me, mm-hmm. give me, give me. They give some people the it. They give me a good feeling. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> uh, so but you know, the slaves probably learn beneficial things to help oh, their lives later in life. Oh God, <laughs> I have gotten the ick so many times this episode. I can't. <laughs> between Pat's between alternate reality Pat's abduction when he was 10 years old um (laughs) I just can't um but speaking of Final Fantasy um Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth uh the next chapter in the Final Fantasy 7 remake series uh is should be dropping either late 2023 or early 2024 like January February of 2024 so um I am currently I have six saving plans in my savings app, um, when they sponsor us, I will plug them. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's a lot of good games coming out. I'm very, very, very excited, and I haven't even I haven't even started looking at PC games. So uh, I probably I probably am not I'm not saving enough money right now. Um, but yeah, video games abound. Everybody, take a look at what's coming out. Um, a lot of really fun indie games. Um, yeah. Absolutely, get on it. Fantastic. So mine is um, also video game related. Um, I had alluded to, mentioned, kind of said, did not spoil um, that I finished Tears of the Kingdom, the storyline. Um, I currently gone through and uh, gotten a ton of new armor. I have gone through and completed all of my shrine quests all of the side quests. Uh, I am currently in the midst of trying to figure out like the other 60 some odd um, side adventures that are still in the game. I still have not even found a hundred out of a thousand Koroks. So uh, sorry, little green buddies, probably not going to do that. But uh, this game is, has brought, uh, has brought some fun back into my life now that I don't get killed uh, first shot on every battle that I fight. And uh, one of the things that I, I absolutely do love, and this is not a spoiler because, you know, you get these things quite often throughout the game. When you take some pictures, you can bring them to the Hateno die shop and the lovely person at the dye shop, I forget their name, uh, can make new paraglider fabrics for you. So when you take certain enemy pictures, they are inspiration for, for new gliders. And I think when I talked about this last month, I was flying around using my Gliok-inspired one, which was really cool looking. Um, I took a picture of a bear. And it is one of the paraglider fabrics that you can get made. And it is the most adorable fucking paraglider fabric ever. And I love it. And um, I want to, I like, I, my Gliok one was so badass that I kind of miss it. But this bear one is so cute that I'm like, you know what? 
I think we'll keep this for a while. Um, I will also say that as of 2 a.m. on this good goddamn day, I finally lit up all 120 light roots in the depths. And it does tell you that you have lit up all all of them. Um, The funny part about it was I had 119 and 151 shrines done. And I was like, okay, that means that the shrine and the light route that I'm missing have to be the same one, right? No, no, it does not mean that. It does not mean that at all. So I don't know what shrine I'm missing because I've done all the shrine quests. So I was like, well, maybe it's a shrine quest and it'll be easy to find um, because I was missing two shrines and I had two shrine quests that I was missing. What apparently happened was I did one of the shrines without the shrine quest and I did one of the shrines. Um, I activated the shrine pedestal, but not gotten the actual shrine quest. So I hadn't done that shrine, but activated it so the the, the thing was on the map. But uh, I went through, and at 2-something in the morning, I was literally zooming in on the depths map, depths map and going typewriter style back and forth, trying to find what amassed to essentially a quarter size, maybe not even, maybe a nickel size spot on the map for this one light route. Some of the light routes illuminate a good chunk of the map. Some of them are really just a tiny little section. And this, there was a bunch in one area, and this one just happened to be a tiny little spot. But I found it. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's become a little bit of a fun a fun uh, adventure now to complete things. And then I'm going to go back and again, you know, I, I think I need to go take a picture of uh, Big Buff. Or no, I think the the first version of Ganon. One of them. I need to go back and start taking pictures for the the compendium and doing some of the more uh, the boss battles in the depths and and getting more uh, loot and uh, armor and pieces and then going and uh, going and talking to Cece and getting her to pull my hood down for the Hylian armor because I want Link's hair to blow in the wind as mm-hmm. I'm running around in my best armor, which I did not know that's how you get that like for the amiibo. Anyway. It's uh, it's brought back a, a little bit of fun there. I I curse at the game less, um, but it's still a lot of fun. So Tears of the Kingdom, two months in, still giving me life, and I uh, wanted to share that with you all. And uh, has so BJ, I know you haven't touched the game at all. You just finished Breath of the Wild. Uh, Eric, I know you don't have a Switch. Brian, have you gotten through the story yet? No. No, I actually spent time with my nephew in Charlotte when we were going through. Uh, I did the light dragon thing, which he was very excited to share with me and almost spoiled. And then I spoiled <laughs> myself by accident. Um, but uh, no, I'm taking my time. I, I'm, I'm picking at the like the depths. That, that's like I kind of play Zelda like casual gaming style where I'll just go in and like I'll do a few shrines. I'll, I'll do a few like light routes and then. I might get distracted. It's it's bad for my OCD. Sent my um my sorry not OCD. What's the other one? Um, ADHD. ADHD. It's bad for my ADHD tendencies because I'll go do. I think I did this on the last show, but you go to one thing and then you see something else and you do that and then you go something. anyway. So like it's it's a it's a it's it's a it's a I'm picking at it, but I did uh, almost. I'm about to start the water temple. I think the one with the mm-hmm. the Zora. Yeah, and um, I got the, the master sword. 
So, and I did fight my first um, ghost. What is it? Phantom Ganon or whatever the thing with the yeah. hands. So like that was that was a that was a bitch. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I died uh, a couple times and they like kind of got the rhythm. But um, yeah, I'm not quite where you are. Uh, maybe someday soon, especially if they keep sending me on travel. Uh, I a- I just want to make sure that I don't spoil my uh my my Ganon uh furry cosplay dreams. Oh yeah, uh-huh. no, don't don't spoil that yet. I mean, that, at least no, for me, no. I'm, I'm excited to see what you're doing. But uh, yeah, no, not yet. No. I mean, it it won't happen, but it, it's just fun to uh, imagine a world where that's that's the world where ten year old me got abducted at the uh, American Gladiators <laughs> live. <laughs> that that's that that's uh, furry Pat. Jeez. <laughs> But uh, it's a uh, it, yeah. I used to. I, I always ran away from the gloom hands, so I didn't know that if you fight the gloom hands and you defeat the gloom hands, a phantom Ganon pops up. Uh, the first time that that should happen in the overworld, um, uh, scared the shit out of me, and I ran so fast and warped away. And I was like, just... Why is the why is the gloom here on, on land? It should only be in the depths. I don't get this. Like, why is it here? I'm just glad that I fucking found TikTok videos about fucking gloom hands because I was going to be furious if we had talked about this game so many times. And I'm just wandering around, and all of a sudden this giant pile of writhing hands starts chasing me through the world. I was going to be so mad. So mad or so turned on? I think I feel like a little bit of both. I mean, mad initially because I died in the game, and then once I had time to think about it, probably turned on. Oh, bitch. These things are the difficulty of enemies from Breath of the Wild to um, Tears of the Kingdom is leveled up. So be prepared to die a lot. Oh, yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's just how it is. I've been trying Although, to clear it, out. Oh, sorry. I've been trying to clear out Lurlin. Is it Lurlin? Lur- Lur- Lurlin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I thank God for the muddle flowers that you can just keep throwing at them and they'll start hurting each other. Cause like I am totally taking the not confrontational path for this one. And then I die and you have to of course start at the very beginning before you do anything. And I keep getting like so close and then I get on the pirate ship and I die. I'm like, damn it. So yeah, I, there's so many things where I just, I'm, I'm, I'm right there before, you know, you level up to godhood, uh, in the game, Pat, I'm the, I'm in the dying all the time for everything. And it's, it's, yeah, oh, it's, that that's most, that's most of my, my day. I'm now at, although the thing I realized is you can't have full stamina and full hearts. <gasps> oh no. Because there are not enough light blessings. <gasps> you either have two hearts less than full or you have to take away two pieces of your stamina because I have full stamina wheels, three three wheels. Yeah, and if I find this last shrine, I'll get two more hearts, and I will have the entire top row and then the entire bottom minus two. So I'm gonna have to go to the devil statue if I want full hearts. I'm gonna have to go to the the uh, the bargaining, not the bargaining statue because those are actual things in this game, uh, but that, like demon statue and trade out um, stamina for hearts. And so I can have all, uh, whatever, 32, 34 hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrating, but mm-hmm. oh well. But yeah. Um, but it's fun. And yes, that Lurlin Village one was a bitch to do. I kept on doing segments and just like going around and like doing little pieces of it until I eventually, until I eventually got it. Um, and then, and then the gayest of gay, uh, carpenters is, uh, is a part of the quest after that, and it's phenomenal. 
I forgot that he was in uh, Breath of the Wild until I was watching videos about it. And I was like, oh, they brought the faggot back. Yeah, I love him. Listen, with his pink bandana and his flamboyant nature, I love it. Oh, one last thing, and then we'll, we'll sign off. There is a, a side quest about finding hot springs. And the guy, like, sits in his little, like, in his boxer shorts and, like, like I think his uh, flame helmet. And if you take all of your clothes off and you walk by him, mean, he makes a comment about, uh, oh, it's clothing optional, huh? And I was like, ooh, they slipping in the they slipping in the gay lines. Nice. I took a I took a screen capture on my Switch. I'll have to see how I can share that. But it it made me laugh when I was like, oh, I was like, he he said, oh, it's clothing optional. <laughs> yes, the faggotry of uh, Tears of the Kingdom and why we live. But with that being said, dear listeners, thank you again. Thank you, boys, for for being on this roundup. Thank you to the Wigs for doing the heavy lifting. And uh, we will see you all in two weeks with another microsode. And um, maybe maybe a little secret invasion conversation. We'll see if, that's, uh, if we get around to that soon. If not, that'll be coming up uh, in the not-too-distant future. So until then, dear listeners, bye, bitch. Bye. 